This is Robert Marglacci, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning Technology e-Magazine at the Air Mills Town Centre at the Mindshare Workspace in beautiful Mississauga, Ontario. And I'm honoured to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, Mindshare TV podcast for a sneak peek at the Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit coming up night, October 19th and 20th. As one of the stellar presenters, we have a global expert on online learning, Maxim Jean-Louis, the CEO of Contact North. Thank you for joining me this morning, Maxim. Thank you, Robert, for having me. A little bit about Maxim Jean-Louis. He is the President Chief Executive Officer of Contact North, Ontario's Distance Education and Training Network headquartered in Thunder Bay, Ontario. 26th year as the President and CEO, which is Ontario's uh, community-based bilingual distance education and training network funded by the government of Ontario. A little interesting statistic uh, during the pandemic, uh, 2021, they responded to 1.3 million requests for services generating 190 registrations in online programs and courses and secured a 92% satisfaction rate. Maxim is an author, speaker, and one of the world's foremost experts on online learning. We're fortunate to have him today with us this morning for our Mindshare TV learning moment, as he's always a man on the moon. Isn't it great to be back moving again and uh, looking forward to a face-to-face -face, uh, conference uh, for a change of pace? Absolutely. I feel like hugging everybody that I meet on the street. Yeah, it, which, which, which is interesting because it's a redefinition of how we interact, isn't it? Because not everyone's quite comfortable. So you have, always have to kind of gauge the, the situation, don't we? Exactly, exactly. But I'm loving it. Well, talk to me, uh, Maxim, about how Contact North innovated through the pandemic to better serve its customers. Perhaps you can share a success story. You know, uh, one of the stats I shared in our report two days ago was 99% of educators who innovated, whether with technology or the way they teach and learn, will continue to do so post-pandemic, which is a fascinating statistic. It is indeed. Robert, in our case at Contact North, we did not necessarily innovate through the pandemic. What we did, we did really three things. We reacted, we scrambled, and we tweak how we serve students, partners, and communities. In so doing, what we learn, my, uh, Robert, is that we learn how we can improve our services to students, how we can leverage their use of virtual technology and social media, and how we can better connect to remote rural and northern communities, which is what we are all about. You really uh, have an intense focus uh, more than ever before on serving the marginalized and, and First Nations and bringing equity to all for learning. And, and that's very commendable, but it's not an easy task, is it? Well, it's not an easy task, uh, Robert, when you are focusing as we do on unemployed job seekers, 
people on social assistance, single parents, people with disabilities, people in remote rural flying communities. It's very challenging, but that's where the need is. And the complexities you deal with, and, and hence your expertise, what I admire about you is that you have that growth mindset being part of the International Consortium on Online Learning, uh, attending many conferences. When you learn, you share. And, and as you emerge from the pandemic, talk to me about three innovation trends you see sticking in post-secondary education. Oof. There are at least three that really that really strike me. Obviously, is the focus on blended learning, a mix of face-to-face -face and online learning, greater flexibility rather than a rigid all-in-class, all-the-time mode of teaching and learning. That's definitely number one. Number two, because we are now in a situation, Robert, where at least in Ontario, skills, 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 we need people a focus on skills agenda and micro-credentials as opposed right. to just offering semester-based courses. I'm sure that you know that Canada, in Ontario, in fact, leads Canada in its investment in micro-credentials. So we are doing well. The third aspect is that it's a focus on equity and inclusion, trying to address long-standing inequality in access because there's a difference between the person in the Ontario the campus casing accessing online learning than the one in, let's say, Mississauga accessing online learning. So those three things, blended learning, focus on skills, focus on equity and inclusion, are three trends that actually very much struck me. Fascinating. Now, a thriving country uh, has an intense investment and focus on education and innovation. Canada is very much a learning country in many ways. And you, we are one of the um, most sought after countries for, uh, for post-secondary education by foreign students. Uh, I think it generates over $15 billion dollars annually, and I'm not sure what the figure is post-pandemic, but in economic uh, activity. Um, you know, Dr. Steve Jordans, who I've interviewed several times from the University of Toronto, psychologist who happens to have his own ed tech, yes. uh, talks about the threat of the great snapback, where people have a tendency to take the path of least resistance and go back to what it was. Talk to me about your perspective on this from where you sit as the CEO of Contact North. Well, I the word snapback is a bit worrisome, both in terms of the reality of it and the way we formulate it. I, I think really what is happening is that so many students are demanding flexibility in the way they access their learning to complete their studies. I can't quite see a snapback obliterating that. Most faculty, Robert, want to use technology in their teaching in intelligent ways, and were able to do so because of significant investments in professional development over the past two years. I don't see that going away. Uh, thirdly, 
the available and emerging technologies address many of their concerns, and that happened in the last two years. So for those three reasons, I don't necessarily see the snapback becoming something that is going to really uh, make us take a step back. I think that'll be a better kind of a one step sideways, right. step back, five steps forward, if, if you like. Thank you I for guess- that. Well, uh, you know, I was going to comment that, that you know, it, the customer has now has an expectation once they've experienced the optimization of online hybrid blended learning and and it it, it uh, you know there is that pressure that comes from the customer base as well and the competitiveness of institutions not only locally but the the playing field is now global in nature yes i also think robert it is the responsibility of the academic leaders of the decision makers of the funders to provide faculty with three things that are really, really critically important. The training support, the financial investment, and the time to actually keep on moving forward. It doesn't matter how much we talk about snapback moving forward, unless those three things come together, training, financial investment, and time, I don't yeah. think we're providing them with the kind of tools to move forward. In many cases, the analogy was building the plane as you're flying it with these professors and teachers learning on the job, training just in time to meet the demands of uh, alternate ways to sustain learning during, during a crisis. Speaking of online learning, I uh, credit you and your organization for being a catalyst in innovating the number of workshops you ran virtually uh, was unparalleled uh, during COVID to help to help make that transition smoother. You had record numbers of participants on your Zoom training courses and others that you offered. Talk to me about some of those staggering numbers and has online learning truly come of age because you've been immersed in this since the very beginning. Well, there is no question there was a need and a strong interest of people to get together virtually to continue the professional development. We had, we went about 125 free webinars, over 20,000 participants, not only from Ontario, but from Canada and from the world. So in that sense, it wasn't because we were doing something special, it's because there was that need. And what is interesting, Robert, is that it continues to grow. Now, your question is, as online learning become come of age, my short answer is no. No, because we still, we will only become a come of age when courses are no longer if you like straight jacketed by semester. I mean, you cannot keep on offering semester big courses online. That's not in my view coming of age. We can only become of age when students can challenge and take their exams anytime during the course the course time so that they are not bound by time, the like the timeline. Take your course, but the timeline. 
It's also when we do have a lot of open education resources so that faculty don't have to be reinventing the wheel every time. And of course, you've heard me on this before, that is, is when every community has access to sufficient bandwidth to really be able to communicate and to learn. That part is really concerning. We have not done as much to improve that as I think we should have and we could have. Well, it, it certainly sets the stage for the upcoming, we're one week away from the Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit. We're honored to have you on the Fireside Chat panel with a number of esteemed participants. And, um, you know, some of the um, topics that you've broached during our conversation today are really going to be challenged. And, um, you know, we're going to take a deeper dive into some of those areas that you highlighted. Um, you know, agile learning, as you alluded to, is really essential when, um, you know, students are not only, you know, uh, students are working, students are in different situations, different countries. So it's that agility that you reference in the, the timeline of uh, courses and many other factors at play that, uh, that we will be considering. Um, so talk to me about what you see in the future uh, that gives you hope for online learning and this country and our future leaders uh, as digital global citizens? I see three things that give me a lot of hope. First and foremost, I see a lot of faculty who had to scramble, who had to adapt, who had to tweak things, very much committed to systematically getting the right design in their courses and moving forward with their programs. That part is happening. There is a momentum there. There are challenges, but there is a momentum there. So that gives me a lot of hope. Second, I also see students who are very demanding. They want the flexibility. They want the convenience. Flexibility, I can start anytime. I can finish anytime. I can write my exam anytime. It can be a competency-based exam, those kinds of convenience aspects. And the third aspect, at least in Ontario, the government here in Ontario has been very, very generous and very targeted in the way it has invested in the virtual learning strategy, which I think, in my view, is leading Canada in terms of the investment, but most, most importantly, the focus of it. So on three counts, I'm optimistic. Like, I'm just sure you are as well. Maxim, as always, you uh, provide a deep lens into the future of online learning and the inspiration uh, that you also provide is, is infectious. We're really looking forward to hosting you just seven days away from now uh, on that fireside chat amongst uh, other leaders from across uh, the country and beyond. And uh, really, we're going to take a deep dive into the state of ed tech in Canada and what drives innovation from a, an evidence-based research. How important is that aspect? Uh, that you see uh, in in the future of uh, learning? 
innovation in learning comes down to one and only one concept, improving the learning experience. Whatever we can do, whether it is with the technology, whether it is the way we interact with the technology, whether it is with the kind of ways we let we invite students to be co-creators of the courses, that's what's going to make a difference, the learning experience. It's amazing, when, thank you for that, when you give kids agency, the, the sky's the limit. So Absolutely. with that, I know uh, you've got no doubt a busy schedule ahead of you today. Maxim, thank you so much for your time. Anytime, at your, at your service. Looking forward that to it. That was Maxim Jean-Louis, the CEO of Contact North, Contact North. My name is Robert Merdlanchi, the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And do plan to join us next week as we uh, host the 13th Canadian EdTech Leadership Summit, October 19th and 20th, in partnership with McGill University and the Faculty of Education, and as well as online if you're unable to attend in person. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep. <laughs>